time for the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife UK Basketball Postgame Show on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Coverage of Wildcats basketball is also presented by Ale 81, Kentucky's original ginger soft drink since 1926. Kelly, Kentucky, the employment solution expert. Kellyjobs.com. UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobsky.com. Cox's Spirit Shop and Evergreen Liquors. Louisville's Neighborhood Liquor Store. Genesis Diamonds, the official jeweler of the Kentucky Wildcats. BJ Heating and Cooling. Call the experts you can trust. BJHeatCool.com. Sonatrol Security, the number one rated security company in Louisville. Sonatrolky.com and Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Gandolfo, Jason Entz, and Zach Cantrell. All right, no big uh, big blue Zach tonight, but Mike and uh, Jason are here, and uh, we are celebrating a Cats victory. Uh, let's talk about the good stuff. Kentucky gets a ninety to seventy seven win over Mississippi State, a veteran Mississippi State team. Uh, five seniors is what they started. They had two guys over the age of twenty four, uh, and and you know if you remember last year, this Mississippi State team gave Kentucky. All kinds of fits down there. Uh, this is a this is a decent team, and uh, Kentucky coming off the loss to Texas A and M needed to show some grit, needed to show a little defensibility, and they were able to score ninety points yet again. We I, we've got to be getting close to uh, like I mean I'm sure that we're going to be close. We're going to shatter a record for the most ninety point games in a season for Cal. I'm, I need to go back and look at the game notes and see how many 90-point games in general Kentucky's had under the Cal tenure. But I, I'm almost wondering, like, if are they going to get close to matching all the other years combined? You know, because it seems like they just wake up and score 90 points, and the defense was enough today. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say the defense was perfect, uh, but it was definitely enough. And uh, it's a situation where against Texas A&M, two guys basically came in and beat Kentucky, and that very well could have happened tonight with with Tulu and Hubbard. Uh, both of those guys were capable of doing something very similar. Kentucky able to keep keep Hubbard in check, uh, and and that you know he was one for eleven from the floor. I don't, you know, Jason, do you feel like they actually keyed on the dude? I mean, what what, what did you see there? Do you think they actually did anything special, or was the guy just off? Oh, we're not hearing you. Hold on. It would help. There we I go. The right button there. There you go. All right. <laughs> um, I think they did. I think there was a lot of attention to sending guys from different directions to double team him, and, and it was one of the things they talked about on the broadcast. Kentucky kind of gambled a bit. They they dared Mississippi State to to beat them from the outside. Um, they left some guys open strategically. Kind of did to, to them what teams have done to Kentucky at times, leaving you know like they did Bradshaw tonight, leaving him open repeatedly. But look, this is a very efficient Mississippi State team. This is a very good Mississippi State team at getting baskets or getting easy baskets near the rim. Kentucky had to do something to throw him off. And because it was one of those things, especially with the way that Bradshaw had foul trouble on Saturday, I think you had to help him out a little bit. And I think that's what Cal did. So that you know, it's a it's a it's a good win. Uh, what's a what's a quad win home? If you're at home, what's a quad one win? Is it top forty or top twenty five? I believe it's top forty at home and top seventy five on the road. So that's a there's a quad one win right there for the cats. And by the way, it's not exactly the stat you wanted, um, but Corey Price of UK Athletics tweeted out earlier: Kentucky basketball has been playing basketball for 121 seasons. 
This is the first time in school history UK has scored 81 or more in 15 of their first 16 games. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, and we know about half of those have been, over half of them have been 90 plus point games and, you know, and it's led by Antonio Reeves. The maturity of Antonio Reeves continues to show he had another effortless 27 points tonight. You know, where again, he didn't seem like he was, he was incredibly efficient. Eight for 12 from the floor, nine for nine from the free throw line, you know, 40% from the three point line, and 30 minutes scores 27 points. The man is just getting it done. I think we've got, I think there's a couple storylines that we've got. Like, Antonio Reeves is making to me a solid case to be an All American this year. You know, he's not going to be a first team All American, but could he be, he, he definitely is playing like he could be an honorable mention or a third team All American. Yeah, and and it goes back to the fact of these players begging him to come back. You know, they've they've talked about it almost every game, creating a text chain and telling him, "Look, we need you back. You're you're the missing piece to this." And look, this is this is two games in a row where he's gone off in the first half. Um, you know, Saturday they needed it to stay in the game. Today it was to push that lead out and get get out in front by so much that even when you give up a fourteen to two run to start the second half you're still up by six and you still push the lead back out he's been phenomenal and I think you go back to the Kansas game you know I gave him some crap for trying to force a lot of shots he hasn't done that ever since then he has taken the offense as it comes to him he understands his role that he doesn't have to do it all by himself like he did at times last year and I think by doing that he's put himself in a position where he doesn't get into a slump very often you know, you force bad shots, you miss them, you try to shoot your way out of it. He's letting things come to him. He's getting those early baskets, and it's just it's snowballing. And on the line of efficiency, the Cats make 30 shots tonight from the field, had 20 assists. So two-thirds of your shots are off of assist. That's back to the way, the way that this team was at the beginning of the year offensively, and I, I like it. You know, I, I'm here for all of it. Um, I'm going to throw out maybe some unpopular opinions uh, and especially when you look at their stat line tonight, okay? And I'm not necessarily going to sit here and say that I think Ugo should play more than Bradshaw, okay? And hear me out a little bit. Are we in a situation where potentially Ugo should start and Bradshaw should come off the bench? And, you know, uh, one of my favorite uh, Chris Farley movies is is Tommy Boy. Do you, are you familiar with Tommy Boy? Come on. I, come on, I know man. you are. You know I am. And sometimes at the beginning of the game, Bradshaw comes out like JoJo the Idiot Circus Boy with his brand new pet. You know? And he loves it. And he just... pet it. <laughs> and I, I just wonder, because oh. what was the best What we saw Bradshaw was coming off the bench in that second game. And, you know, we've, you know we, we know that it doesn't really matter who starts on this Kentucky team. It's all about who getting those guys in a position to play. Onyenso's doing the dirty work, right? I mean, there's no question. He wasn't awesome tonight offensively, but he really wasn't called to be awesome offensively. He got six boards. You know, overall, uh, 17 minutes, uh, he, he was he was fine. He had, he had another uh, big game of uh, block shots with four blocks. So, I'm just wondering, would this team benefit by Onyenso going out there, taking that initial run, and having Bradshaw come off the bench? I think it's worth the conversation. I think it's just worth uh, exploring. Okay, we I have. I've been. I've been well, a terrible host. I was going to say. Yeah. I think there's two things that we have to keep in mind. There, one, Onyenso might be a guy who's better coming off the bench. Could so be. Flip that. And two, if you take Bradshaw 
and you take him out of the starting lineup and then you put him back in later, what does that do to his confidence? Does, is he a guy that can take that? I'm of the opinion you don't mess with it. It's working until something happens where you have to make the change. Don't don't and I don't know if it's working. I guess that's the point. And I and I guess over that from that standpoint, I mean, I know it looks like Bradshaw had a good game tonight with eleven points. A lot of that stuff happened late and all that other stuff. And he had the one dunk where he flexed on the dude. And I was like, come on, man, you you gotta stop getting pushed around the post before you start flexing on people. Um, But I'm just wondering, like, Yenzo, it just seems like he's a little more mature from that standpoint. And I think if it's sold. If it's sold to Bradshaw the right way, I think they can make it happen. All right, the phone line, because we didn't do this. I should have done this first thing. Uh, of course, the phone line, we want you to call in. we got Joe on the line. We're going to get to him just in a second. 502-267-9680. Join the conversation. It's so much more fun for us when you do. Uh, and, of course, you can always send in a text, the UPS Jobs text line, 502-437-9680. We're going to go to the lines right now, and uh, we're going to go to Joe. Joe, how are you doing tonight? I'm not here. Oh, I got to hit it. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm used to Zach. All right, Joe, are you there? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, a Joe. Lot time, a lot of times when I watch these ball games, uh, uh, especially against anybody in the SEC who's more physical than we are, which is which is about uh, the uh, 14 teams are more physical than us, I always look uh, for the loose balls. Do we have kids that are going to go in there, take an elbow, get on the floor, and get a loose ball? And if we do that against these tough SEC teams, it'll it'll bode well come tournament time because we've got the speed and quickness to get a lot of loose balls. But let's face it, if you're afraid of getting hurt, <laughs> we got some SEC teams. They will hurt you going for loose balls. So that's why I look for tonight. Tonight I was proud of the Cavs because they, I think they 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 won the loose ball battle against Mississippi State. And if we win the loose ball battle against Tennessee and and all these other tough SEC teams. Let's face it, we're not the most physical team in America. I mean, it's kind of scary. We get pushed around like it's, it's almost it's almost to the point, it's almost laughable. Did y'all watch uh, Bradshaw get pushed on the uh, foul shot tonight near the end of the game? The big Mississippi State Center just pushed him. I think he went about five feet. Yeah, well, and, and and this, Tulu's this huge. Guy, yeah. yeah, this guy really wasn't even trying to push him too hard. <laughs> and I'm saying, oh, my gosh. But loose balls, if they get the loose balls, effort, we're going to go a long way, and, and, and if Coach Cal would just sit down and quit calling plays, that's what he tried to do to start the second half. Even the announcers saying, looks like Kentucky ain't playing very fast. Well, that's because he's over trying to call plays to start the second half, and guess what? Uh, an 18-point lead was down to nothing. It almost almost single-handedly by, tu- by Tulu Smith, too. I mean, he almost – now, he basically did single-handedly bring them back to six points just by himself. I mean, it was pretty and impressive. Next, and the next time I call you, I'll, I'll think about what you said about the uh, Uganda starting over Bradshaw. You you might be on to something there. I'll let you go. Thanks a lot. All right, Joe. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you very much. All right. I got it. All right. I hit the right button, I think, there. Um, make sure. Okay. We're going to go to line two, which is Steve. Steve, what's going on tonight? Hello, gentlemen. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Tell you what, you need to tell James Strebel that I said it last year, the most important player on this team is Antonio Reeves, and it's been Antonio Reeves. It was last year, and it is this year. He does things, and I don't know, I don't understand, Cal. Why does he take him out when he's hot? He takes him and Edwards out at the beginning of the game when he's white hot and, and puts in Reeves. <laughs> 
and and Dillingham when what he could have done was just moved him over, took Edwards out, left him in, and brought them in. Uh, and and before he came back in, uh, DJ got lost on defense twice. Uh, that's the only thing that's concerning me because today they tried to trap the post, and I saw a bunch of guys kind of running around like they didn't know where they were supposed to be standing on defense. So that they they still got to work on their defense. But I, I said it at the beginning of the season. We don't know what this team is going to be until February because of the fact that the two centers were out half the season. It's there's still there's still little things they do that they need to do, you know, a little bit better, but definitely the potential's there. And by the way, I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm I'm believing it now. I think Rob Dillingham has the most NBA potential on this team. I think he's a future all star. I'm he just has an ability and he's only gonna get better. I was not of that opinion at the beginning, but I'm I'm starting to agree with you. I wasn't either. Yeah. I wasn't either. I thought he was a dude that was he was good, but he's he's got some serious skill. Well, I mean and I, he's got some confidence that Reed Shepard really needs to get back because Reed's starting to look a little at times he looks where he gets a little nervous and he needs to let his defense, you know, uh, tur- turn it over in the offense. Because when Reed plays good defense, he plays good. If you, if you watch that. So, anyway. But I think to your point, I mean, the one guy who can actually create offense is Rob Dillingham. I mean, and that's that's the one. And, and at the end of the game, that's the guy, I guess, I think right now that they want the ball in their hands. And he's going to have some times where he makes some dumb mistakes and we're going to live with it, but he's going to make the exceptional play a lot of times too. Steve, thanks a lot for calling in. Thanks, guys. Vince, what do you think about any of that stuff? No, I'm I'm with him on the Dillingham part, and I think there's a reason Dillingham is shooting up the draft charts the way that he is. He's he's a, he's one of the guys that we've been missing the last couple of years who can go and create his own shot. Um, I also like the fact that he doesn't he doesn't let bad starts to a game get to him, and we've seen that with so many guys in the past where. They don't play well the first 20, 30 minutes, and they just they give up and they they stop attacking or they stop defending. He doesn't settle for shots outside. He doesn't try to shoot his way. He attacks the rim. I'd like to see him be more aggressive and finish stronger around the rim. I think he still has some room to grow there. I'd like to see him make some better decisions when he gets down and low. When he, there he needs to mature times, as a ball player. Yeah, there have been right. some times where he's, you know, tried to make a lob and the guy's not expecting it that's but that comes with playing together that comes with having more time on the floor i love having him come off the bench i love having him and Shepard, knowing that when they come in you are going to get energy you're going to get offense and you're not going to wonder well you know the five guys on the floor aren't scoring what are we going to do you know that those two are going to bring it night in night out and they're going to give you energy at both ends of the floor he's got to get better as a defender that is the that is the biggest issue for him. He's got to be smarter about his positioning. There have been way too many times where he's lost his man on switches, and that's something we have to talk about, by the way, because I'm tired of watching three guys <laughs> defend somebody who doesn't have the ball. So who do you want? The, so who do you right? want the new coach to be? Because <laughs> that's that's your, that's the only way that's going to no, happen. I, I don't understand, and and I get it. He wants him to switch the whole positionless basketball thing, but. At some point, you've got to see that it's not working. And even if it's just for a little bit, 
Get away from the switching. Because for me, I think by doing the switching, you allow them to lapse on some of the fundamentals. All right. And, so, and you have to be, and you and I talked about it, you have to be fundamentally sound in order to properly do a switching defense. And against teams like um, Texas a this weekend, it burned us. We're getting away with it in these other games. But come tournament time, you run into a team that's really efficient, that has big bodies, that crashes the rim exceptionally well. You lose guys in in possession, and then you lose them on the rebound because you're not guarding your man, per se, and you lose contact where he's at, and it's leading to way too many second-chance opportunities. So, you know, and I'm, I'm going to make a little bit of a stretch maybe here, but I, I think great defense starts with having really strong man-to-man fundamentals. Yeah. So I, you know, so like I go back to the grade school basketball, and when the kids are in third grade and whatever else, like so many of those coaches just defaulted to put them in a zone, so they don't have to really teach them anything, and they can focus on the offense and make sure that their plays are running their third graders, and it's like such a disservice because the teams that play really good zone are the teams that understand really good man-to-man principles, and then they can adapt to the zone. And I think the same thing is true. With if you want to switch, well, you better have really good defensive. Know what it's like to fight over screens. Know what it's like to be fight through screens and whatever else. Like you got to start there, and then you can go to switch. You you can't just default to switch first, you know. And so, I, and I think that's part of the part of the reasons because then we see what happens when guys get hung up. You and I have talked about that at length. Guys get out of position. The rotations are late. We're missing box outs. We're missing box outs because of the the poor defensive rotations and guys are getting hung up because they don't know how to fight through stuff. And uh, it's important. And, I, you know, I'm with you, man. And Steve also talked a little bit about Antonio Reeves, and I think he said, you know, Antonio Reeves was the most important player last year and he's the most important this player this year. I think I know you agree with this. This Antonio Reeves, and you said it earlier even in the show, this, this Antonio Reeves it is not last year's Antonio Reeves. I mean – this year's Antonio Reeves, this, the, the, he has grown up so much, it's not even funny. So, And he trusts the team that he's playing with. And again, you go back to that Kansas game, he, he re- relapsed into that mentality of last year of, well, I've got to go and take over because nobody else is. And I think after that game, he stepped back and he was able to see in those next couple games, okay, well, I've got guys around me. I don't have to do it all on my own. And I think it, him setting that example has been big, and I don't think we've talked about that enough. Having a guy like him who can go and score 20 points easily but doesn't force things, I think that has rubbed off on these other guys that they're seeing, hey, he's playing within the system and getting his. I'll do the same, and I'll eventually get mine. Four guys in double figures for the cast, and I led by Antonio Reeves with 27 points, and then Reed was almost there. He had nine. He had uh, he was two for five from three-point range, and it was three for three from the free-throw line. Um, however, there's one glaring point total, I think, when you look at the box score. Uh, Kentucky uh, only playing uh, the uh, – I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally blanking here. This is bad radio. But they, play seven, they played eight tonight. Uh, Kentucky playing eight tonight. Uh, Justin Edwards, 16 minutes, only takes three shots. One of them was a three that he missed. Two points, two turnovers. Did have two rebounds and two assists. The guy has learned how to completely just disappear on the basketball court. Like, you don't even know if he's out there or not. And he'll have, he'll have small stretches, which like he did tonight, where he's involved. And then after that, you're like, 
Oh, he, I guess he was out there. I don't remember him doing anything. The fact that he's gone from being somebody who had big minutes to now fewest minutes on the team tonight, I think you are starting to see a trip. Because, look, when a dude comes back, he's got to take somebody's minutes. Yep. And I think it's going to be Edwards that, that loses the minutes. And you, this guy was a lottery pick, was projected as a lottery pick before the season. Now you're looking at a situation where he may be coming back for a second year. Now, whether it's at UK or not is up for debate. But he may be coming back to school next year versus Reed Shepard, who, you know, people were expecting he'd be a multi-year player. He's probably one and done. I, I, I am glad to see that Cal's not doing what he's done in the past with some of these younger guys of, well, I'm just giving up on him. I'll play him three minutes. If he makes a mistake, I'm, I'm taking him out and he doesn't play again. But So I give Cal credit there. He is trying to get him to play through some of the issues he's had. But, I mean, thankfully... This is a really good problem to have that you're talking about a potential lottery pick not doing anything and you're still having a terrific season. Having a great year and uh and you know, which gives Edwards the the space to figure it out because but what you just said to me of why you would give a Duthiero those minutes is one hundred percent down to one thing. It's nose for the basketball. Goins that and energy too. Well, that's part. I think it all kind of goes hand in hand, right? I mean, if you go back to what Joe was talking about with loose balls, which Kentucky was dominant on fifty-fifty balls uh, tonight. That's getting marked. Go for it. That's right. I, what did I say during Louis' show? I said something about three or four inches, and I said that's what she said after that too. So, the, uh, they were, <laughs> um, overall, you know, a Duthie arrow is going to be in the mix for loose balls. Right, a Duthiero is going to be on the floor. Duthiero is going to be. Uh, if there's a play to be made, a Duthiero is going to be involved. And more Justin Edwards. More not, importantly, it's going to be the energy on the rebounding. Yes, defensively, all that, all those intangible type things. I mean, and quite honestly, from that standpoint, from Edwards, I think it, I think that's as simple as deciding that you want to be in the play. Like, if you're going to be that much of a robot and just hide in the corner and whatever else, because. That's what coach told you to do instead of just playing basketball. It shows your basketball IQ is not very good. It, it also, I think, for him is a confidence issue. When he does get the ball, he seems hesitant at times. He doesn't seem like, you know, when Reed Shepard takes a shot, and Reed Shepard may only take three shots in a game, but when Reed Shepard takes a shot, it almost always looks like it's going in. With him, it does not, and he does not look like he has confidence. He does not look like he believes that when he takes a shot, it's going to go in. You know, one for three tonight, 0 for one from downtown. But I'd like to see him be more aggressive. He's got the body type that he can drive the the rim and and get guys in foul trouble and cause issues. He's not doing that here. I'm I'm screwing up the phone lines. Okay, I want to make sure I didn't screw. Up. Are they all right? Are all the phone lines right? All right. Okay. Uh, phone lines again. Two six seven nine six eighty is the number to call. The text sign is four three seven nine six eighty. We want you to uh, text in. We got another text that says Dillingham reminds me of a more consistent Malik Monk. Yeah, that's a pretty. You know, Malik Monk was a little more rangy, a little more lengthy, yeah, but you know, yeah, I yeah. Can see that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I guess the number one thing from this game though is we wanted to see how they were going to bounce back. They bounced back. You know, they looked like they actually worked on a little bit of the defense stuff. Their positioning was slightly better. I'm not, I'm not willing to say like, oh, they had a really complete total defensive game tonight. I think a lot of it also had to do with 
Mississippi State might have been a little off, but of course you've got to give a little credit to the defense. But there are some shots that they missed that were pretty wide open. That um, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to give Kentucky full credit for that. So uh, there's definitely still things to clean up, but it's it's a game where they're moving in the right direction. So uh, what else you got to add to that, Ince? Not a whole lot. I mean, yeah. My brain is my brain is starting to shut down. It's when you when, listen. We got nine so, o'clock games coming in. I know nine o'clock. I know. start times. I know that I'm going to have to have caffeine. I didn't have any. <laughs> Get you all the caffeine you want, Jason. Ince. Uh no doubt about. It. Let's run through the stat line again. Uh, the the starting five of Edwards, Bradshaw, Mitchell, Reeves, and Wagner. Uh, three of those guys in double figures. Bradshaw with eleven. Mitchell with fifteen. Reeves with twenty seven. Uh, DJ Wagner had seven points. All of them in the first half really kind of disappeared uh, from his standpoint in the second half. When I look at D.J. Wagner's second half, he was over 2 from the th- from 3. He just took two three-pointers. Got a rebound, had two assists, but really had the two turnovers that kind of really stand out more than anything else. Um, you know, when, when two of your five starters don't give you anything in the second half, but you still perform the way you do, that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, so what do you think about D.J.'s play? Uh, again, it goes back to what we've talked about a couple times. He is good in stretches, but then there are times where he just vanishes. Yep. He's good sometimes when he gets to the rim, and then there's other times where he just completely panics. And I, I think when you watch him run the point, especially when he drives in the lane, versus a guy like Reed, and they talked about it during the broadcast, Reed has his eyes up. He's looking. He's surveying. He knows before he gets to that last step whether he's going to go up and lay it up or whether he's going to dish it to someone. DJ tends to drive in and then doesn't know what he wants to do. And it leads to some sloppy turnovers. It leads to him not going up strong because he's not anticipating the contact. Because he doesn't see the contact coming. And that actually showed up really well tonight when Reed Shepard has six assists and no turnovers. Also, another impressive stat for the Cats is that they only had nine total personal fouls, which actually is probably a little too low for my liking. All right, we're going to go to the lines right now. I think we've got well, – we, we got we had Tim drop off. So, Tim, if you want to call back in, call back in, 267-9680. And we're going to go to Grady. Grady, what's going on, my man? Hey, I was just going to say, we you know, let's face it. We got eight players right now. We got uh, – four guys for three positions out front and we have three guys for two positions down low and then we got Edwards and when when uh, um, arrow comes back you know Edwards moves to the nine man and it's up to Cal I mean it's up to Cal to figure out how to play these guys I mean we're so explosive um, that's all I got I think that that's how I break it down Edwards is sitting at eight right now. He needs to sit at nine. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to hear what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that right now. I mean, I think overall, then thanks for calling, Grady. We appreciate it. Uh, Edwards, out of the guys that you depend on the most, the argument would be who's eighth on this uh, rotation, Edwards or Onyenzo, and you're getting more out of Onyenzo right now, you know? And,. That's just the way it is until Edwards decides that he wants to show up. And, um, you know, again, it doesn't mean that he shouldn't start or whatever else. It's it's just – and they'll figure it out, and hopefully he'll he'll be a part of it. But if not, the arrow will take those minutes. 
because I would put Thierro on that list. That that first that first bunch is so even. So it's it's hard to say, but I, you had to put Thierro seventh, right? So you know, I guess. What do you think, Ince? What are you laughing at? Oh, I'm just looking at a score of a uh, game. Okay, going on right now. A soccer game? No, no, a uh, basketball game. Yeah, yeah. Game they might be watching across the hall. Oh, really? What's what's going on in the world when we're killing a game? Oh, uh, not much. Just um, ten minutes, in, not even ten minutes into the game, and North Carolina is already up fifteen. You know, you get the two uh, two former players coaching little little Hubert Davis, little Kenny Payne. We'll see, but you know Just what? A Twenty-six eleven. I think. Score I think when we saw how patient Carolina was with Hubert Davis and giving him another year, and how it's paid off for him, Louisville really needs to think about that. Oh yeah, he needs four years. Four years. I've, I've said that from from the beginning of this year. He's look. There's progress. <laughs> you know, you give him four years, you might have a winning record. I love it. Uh, all right, if we were going to do the Cal press conference, which again we're not. Um, you can go find it, and whenever you just listen to Cal talk, and he starts to pontificate, and he gets asked a question, he gives an answer that's not related to that question whatsoever. Or when he asks questions, or when he starts asking an questions, that's right. Uh, just remember that that was delivered by the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. Whether you walk, pedal, or drive, let's share the road safely. Share the road, Kentucky. Uh, the Cats get the W, ninety to seventy-seven. They were, they were, what, six-and-a-half-point favorites when the, when the tip happened? My uh, gambling degenerate uh, friend? I'm not sure. Let me find out real quick. Oh, my gosh. You're not, you were, did you have money on this one? No. No. Do you bet the Cats regularly? I can't remember. No. Unless I, it's un- a little too emotional. Unless I, unless I cover the game and I do the research and stuff on it, I, I don't... I'm you don't make emotional these, bets. I'm not, well, no. I'm just not one of these people that blindly bets on things. Yeah. It's usually something where if I preview an article... Or I get a pick from our, our betting Discord, then I play it. But I'm not somebody that want, that necessarily has to have action on a game just to have action. We have the Australian Open on uh, behind us. Will you bet tennis, like like no. Diener? No, no. I I don't bet on things I don't know. Okay, all right. And I don't know tennis. <laughs> again, the Cats with the victory, ninety to seventy-seven. The big stat was you know the rebounding again, knowing that we were playing a large physical senior laden team could the cats win the battle on the boards they ended up tying 33 to 33 with mississippi state a little misleading and from some uh in some regards because you again i, I want to look at percentages so out of uh the kentucky had opportunities at 40 defensive rebounds and got 26 of them uh that's you know doing the math in my head uh close to where it should be i guess it's pretty close I, I, it's in the 60 percent range 62 percent, maybe i don't know uh and then uh on the other side uh kentucky mississippi state got 19 rebounds out of the 26 that they were pointing i'd like to see kentucky a little bit more active on the offensive glass so that's pretty close to where it should be too again 65 percent is kind of the magic number um that you should see for a defensive rebounding to whether that whether it was a good game or not uh, it's not just enough to me to look at just look at the net total number of rebounds. You got to kind of break it down that way. Um, Kentucky with only nine fouls. Like I said before, we took the call from Grady. Any? Uh, what do you think? That's you know. Would you like to see them a little more physical than that, or is that they fixed some of their positioning and their feet were in better spots? I think a big part of it was well, it was twofold. One, Mississippi State didn't drive the lane as much as some teams have against Kentucky. Two, I think the fact that Cal 
looked to help Aaron Bradshaw out by bringing pressure from different positions. I also think the number of turnovers that Mississippi State had, you don't have as many fouls when you do that because you're able to end possessions without a shot. They only had nine turnovers. The first half, they had quite a few turnovers. So the first half, they had them. Second half, Kentucky didn't have to foul because they had that lead and they were able, you know. So Mississippi State had only had one turnover in the second half. They had eight turnovers in the first half, to your point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, it was a six and a half point spread. Also, the over is now 25 and eight in Kentucky's last 33 games. Okay. They cannot, they keep raising the total and Kentucky just keeps blowing right past it. Um, I mean, the over to me was the easiest bet out. I mean, uh, again, this defense for Mississippi State was lauded just like Texas A&M's defense was. But I was pretty confident that if Kentucky scored ninety something again against Texas A&M, they could do it against Mississippi State. So I'm not surprised, especially being at home. Well, I, a big part of that again was you got so many easy baskets in the first half, I and mean, Kentucky shot fifty two percent in the first half. They did. And a lot of that was getting out in transition, getting easy baskets. Second half, they only shot thirty percent. Or no, they shot better. I'm oh, sorry, I was looking at downtown. Um, yeah, second half did not shoot a great percent. Only two. Think about that. They shot sixty-two percent from the floor in the second half. Yeah, and they went two of nine from downtown. Yeah, I mean they were awesome from two-point range. Yeah. What do you think about that? Right. So I mean they were it help it helps especially after the game they had the 12. other day where they actually finish at the rim right three of three on dunks twelve of eighteen on layups I think the other day they were barely hitting fifty percent of their layups uh, so cats efficient again they get the win uh, let's let's move on I guess to the uh, to the uh, UPS jobs top twenty five scoreboard or do you want to do the player of the game first but I think yeah. it's pretty obvious who it is you I'll gotta, let you have it you got to give it to Reese right yeah you can't. I don't even know if there's anyone else in the conversation. You got to give it to Reese. So Reese will be the uh, the player of the game tonight, and then the UPS Jobs Top 25 Scoreboard. Shift your future at UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobs.com. Uh, we mentioned that right now, number four North Carolina, the number four North Carolina team who's got three losses, just like Kentucky does. Just so happens that one of those losses that Carolina has is to those Kentucky Wildcats, Damn right. and it wasn't even close. You know, it was a good old fashioned butt whooping. By the number one overall AP team of all time, uh, beating the number over two overall team of AP. Them, uh, man, my right party foul. Uh, so Carolina's up. I was going to say, what in the world am I hearing? Here? My my computer just was not on mute. It was a rookie mistake. Go ahead and you know berate me. Twenty seven fifteen. Carolina is up over Louisville. That score might even be different now because. It's ESPN.com doesn't upload. Uh, Oklahoma with a 51-38 lead over West Virginia at home. You think Oklahoma's for real? I can't speak to it because I haven't watched him play. It's going to be really interesting. Again, the, the interesting thing to me as we go down the stretch, and I know it's all going to change because Kentucky's got so many quad one opportunities down the stretch, but the polls and the computer rankings don't match up at all. And it very it's very similar. Uh, the 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 computers think that Kentucky and Oklahoma are very similar. And so that's what is going to be interesting to me because I think Kentucky's really solidly looking at a three seed. And so, you know, it's a little early to project all that stuff, but we'll see what happens um, overall. West Virginia scored, so it's 51-39 right now. Oklahoma up 12 over West Virginia. The uh, Texas Tech-Houston battle, which is probably no doubt about it, actually. Uh, Houston trying to avoid three straight losses after starting off 14-0 and and trying to make sure that they don't go 1-3 and in the Big 12. They go get back to even. 
has got Texas Tech, uh, 25th ranked Texas Tech. And right now, Houston taking care of business. They're up 16 to 12 midway through the first half uh, in that one. And then we have Auburn versus the awful Vanderbilt. This this really upsets me, Ince. I I want Jerry Stackhouse to stay in the SEC. And there's just zero chance, right, that he's going to be back at Vanderbilt. <laughs> so uh, Vandy is just awful. Um, I think Louisville and Vanderbilt should play each other for some sort of toilet bowl plunger or something like that. Uh, but yeah, got to have Michigan as well, and then we need a fourth team. Yeah, and we can have like a plunger Final Four. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's got to be a really bad Pac-12 team. I'm just not familiar with who the Pac-12 team is. Um, oh, th- maybe Indiana. <laughs> oh, ooh. oh. <laughs> 32 uh, to 18 right now. Auburn leads Vanderbilt. You know, Auburn's another team that I think it's going to be an interesting comparison. They just scored again 34-18 now. It's going to be a very interesting kind of comparison for the Cats. Uh, Bruce Pearl, no doubt about it, coaches Kentucky really against Kentucky really well, and um, I think Auburn's a huge threat to Kentucky uh, going forward. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a that game's at Auburn, isn't it? Yeah, and they you know they built that new arena a couple years ago, and when Kentucky's down there, it's it's obviously full because you know Kentucky well, shows it's because up because we're we're their Super Bowl. We are their Super Bowl for sure. <laughs> Kentucky will be playing them on February 17th, the week after they play Gonzaga. Uh, who's the midweek game that day? So that's going to be a Saturday game, which will be great. And, I should, of course, I'm I'm a little slow in the draw here. Uh, and in between, the uh, they got Ole Miss. So it's the Ole Miss, which Ole Miss is not for real. I'm not concerned about that at all. And then they go to Auburn after that. So little stretch gonzaga old miss auburn you know that's uh it's gonna be pretty solid on that one so all right now we've got the coxes uh and evergreen liquors what to watch later on what to watch presented by coxes and evergreen liquors your go-to liquor store uh, this is what we got to end the night the west coast games basically is what we're talking about uh the uh, the only one that we've got is number 12 arizona taking on the brawny jameses you know I will not be up call your call your who I'm totally missed on as being like who I thought was probably going to be the best freshman in college basketball and uh, and and Bronny James who's completely overrated uh, but I hate to say that about a kid who's had a heart condition so um, there it is so Arizona 12th ranked a little bit of a struggle because I think Arizona has the potential to be really really good they have not had they they lost to Purdue they lost to Florida Atlantic in a in a classic ball game. The, the loss of Stanford and the loss of Washington State in conference, I think it's a little bit of what's kind of surprising. Washington State's not good at all. Uh, they're 3-3 three and three in the league. Stanford is 4-2 and two in the league with a 9-7 and seven overall record. So uh, if Arizona can fill it out, can they be up there? Let's see. You know, is UConn truly the best team in college basketball? I don't know. I, what uh, UConn played Creighton tonight, right? Did I miss that one? Yeah, they won 62-48. Okay, I, I just didn't get it all the way to the bottom. That's what it is. So I apologize. There's two games I didn't get to. LSU upsetting Ole Miss, 89-80. And UConn pulling off the win against Creighton, 62-48. to uh, So there, that's what we got. All right, Ince is yawning. So that must mean that we're, <laughs> we're about done. Uh, let's Saturday. Uh, we got to talk Saturday. We will not be able to be on the air again because of Bellarmine basketball. So we will go back to. Uh, are we going to do a, a, a? Are we going to do the Streamyard thing? Are we going to do the Twitter Space thing again? What are we going to do? The Twitter we'll Space figure, thing went well. We'll figure it out tomorrow, and then we will let you guys know. Okay, we'll, we'll let Phil Baker know by three o'clock. 
find out on the roundtable. But you're going to have to basically find us on social media. So if you're following ESPN Louisville uh, on all the social media platforms, especially X or Twitter, I don't. So it's not can't, we can't call it Twitter Space. Is it X Space? No, it's Twitter. It's space. all it's Twitter Space. Okay. Uh, then we will be uh, on one of those things. Just pay attention and keep on the conversation. Again, we want this to be your all show. We think this could be a whole lot of fun this season. And uh, just keep on bringing your comments and your opinions, man. And we'll see uh, if the Cats can pull it off this weekend in another SEC battle at home uh, against the Georgia Bulldogs. That's a 6 o'clock start, um, which means we'll be going on somewhere Eight fifteen or so, I would imagine. So, all right, I'm Mike Andolfo for Jason Entz. Go Cats!